Ukrainian officials accuse Russia of specifically targeting rescue workers and emergency crews with two deadly missile strikes on a small eastern town. At least seven people were killed and more than 80 others wounded in Monday's attacks on Pokrovs. Uh, Kyiv's counteroffensive, meantime, is slowly inching forward, but the human toll is high on both sides. CNN has obtained extraordinary footage showing the challenges faced by those tasked with retrieving fallen troops. I want to warn you that this report does contain some very graphic video, including human remains. Nick Payne Walsh has more. Even saving the dead can be lethal work. It is dawn in freshly overrun Russian positions on the southern front, where the assault is on trench networks spread out in the open. <coughs> this is rare footage, letting us see the point of view of a Ukrainian soldier and body collector, Vyacheslav. His unit tasked with bringing back the fallen, their own, but also Russian dead too. This Ukrainian body seeming to have almost melted into the ground, the heat speeding up decay, another factor in this grim, gruelling work, where they are often guided to their targets by the smell, from which the masks aren't protection enough. Russian drones see them and they watch them back. Anti-drone rifles, a modern twist in trench warfare from the last century. <coughs> it is exhausting work. While troops here focus on survival and taking cover, Vyacheslav and his team must carry these heavy but vital burdens all the way back to the road, where they can then bring closure to the grieving, the chance of burial and a goodbye. A week earlier, in another part of the trenches where the fight has clearly been ferocious, they pass Western-supplied armour that has been torn apart. Ukrainian remains found, but the shelling is constant. The search, however, in these captured Russian positions is cautious, probing each spot for mines. For the men holding the position day and night, the body collectors a welcome relief, taking away the reminders of how close death is. The Russians still looking for targets here, among the men rescuing Russian corpses. It 
That is the work nobody ever wanted to do, out exposed in the open as Ukraine prays for a breakthrough. <laughs> now we finally see Vyacheslav's face in the moment when they know they've survived another day. The relief they feel here, nothing compared to the families who may feel some less agony and closure. From the cargo, they return home. Nick Payton Walsh, CNN, Zaporizhia, Ukraine. As we receive these sobering assessments about the state of the Ukrainian counteroffensive, I want to speak now with retired Army Lieutenant General Mark Hurtling, who's been covering and providing analysis on this war since the very beginning. General Hurtling, good to have you this afternoon. You and I have had extensive conversations about assessments from the battlefield. What is your assessment right now? Ukrainian forces have not advanced as much as they or the West hoped. Does that mean they can't or won't? Absolutely not, Jim. And I, I liked your opening commentary because what you said is many analysts believed Ukraine could not stop Russia at the beginning of this war when they were on the defensive and Russia was on the offensive. Now the tide has turned. The, the mission set has, has switched. And what the Ukrainians are now doing is attempting multiple deliberate attacks on a much larger scale with all the brigades they have as part of a large offensive operation. They're doing it with multiple combat units. Estimates say, uh, un unsourced estimates say between nine and 12 combat arms brigade over a very large area between 400 and 600 miles or conservatively the distance between Washington DC and Boston against an enemy who had eight months to build three extensive belts which you outlined early on. This is a tough mission. I was one of those that countered uh, the analyst view at the beginning, saying that Ukraine could hold up against the Russians. I'm also one right now that's saying, yeah, there's a lot of dour commentary about what's going on right now, but what Ukraine is attempting to do is the toughest of all missions, and it's going to take a long time. Understood. And, and, and to, to your point, you're absolutely right. There were times earlier in this war when the Ukrainians were counted out. But, but this is a fundamentally different battle than it was, for instance, around Kyiv. Around Kyiv, defended by small, mobile Ukrainian units, mobile weapons systems like the Javelin. This is a grinding war on flat land in the east, as you note, highly defended. Is it just a matter of time, in your view, that you believe these Ukrainian units can break through? Or is there a missing piece? Is there a tactical change? Is there a weapons change that's necessary? You know, I, I think a lot of people will say we've got to give them more. And that's certainly true in terms of what the West and especially the United States is providing. But what you're talking about, Jim, is the Ukrainian army is changing their way of war. They still have a lot of so, uh, post-Soviet biases from their time working part of the Russian military. So they have to break that. The Russian way of war is a lot of artillery strikes, constant artillery, as we've seen the Russians do in this campaign. What we're attempting to help the Ukrainians with now is, is undertake that transformation of using forces in a different way. It's going to be hard. And unfortunately, Jim, truthfully, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. The, what the mission they are attempting is the toughest one of all. I've trained on this kind of mission as a tank brigade commander. And what I got to tell you is I failed mm -hmm. miserably multiple times in training operations. I can't imagine when you're talking about real bullets and real enemies and real casualties, how tough it is for Ukraine to do what they're doing. 
You said earlier, they're pulling forces back. Some of mm. the commanders are saying, let's stop this mission. At our national training center, we could call end of mission and then give an AAR, an after action review of what people did wrong. In combat, unfortunately, you can't do the same thing. Yeah. There's been a lot of uh, common analysis when I speak to folks both in Europe and here about the lack of air cover, air support that those Ukrainian units have. Russia maintaining an advantage there in terms of attacking them and Ukrainian units, you know, basically uh, operating on the ground often without air cover. Would that be, could that be, because as you know, there's been a lot of debate about F-16s, for instance, could that addition make a, a significant difference there? Yeah, Jim, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a ledge right here and say probably not right now. Mm -hmm. Eventually, the Ukrainian military can build a, a combined arms joint force with air coordinating with the ground. But what we've seen even in the ground campaign is Ukraine has accepted a bunch of equipment. They had a, let relatively few weeks to train on that equipment. They've tried to put it together. Now we're talking about air ground coordination. That's a whole different ball game and is PhD level yeah. warfare, to be honest with you. Uh, would uh, uh, a modern air force uh, applied in this situation help? Yes, it certainly would. But unfortunately, that also takes time, not just to mm -hmm. train pilots. And that's been the issue. You know, it only takes a couple of months to train a pilot. Yeah, but it takes a whole lot longer to get the interaction between the ground, the air, the support, and the ability to hit targets either in the air or on the ground through things like joint tactical air controllers and how you force. You know, Russia does not have air superiority right now. That's a mistake most people believe. They are not going forward of the Russian front lines because they're afraid yep. of Ukrainian air defense. Ukraine would probably have the same situation because Russians' air defense and their electronic warfare is very, very good. Yeah, yeah, both, uh, both sides are re reluctant to put too many aircraft up in the air. General Hurtling, I know we're going to keep talking about this. Thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure, Jim. Thanks.